In a world with too much pop culture to consume, one man and one woman will argue about it until they get bored. It's an epic battle between obsession and indifference, and the winner will determine... Well, very little, actually. Eric Johnson and Emily Jones star in Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. Whoever wins, we're still losers. Welcome to Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob, the podcast where we argue about something one of us is totally obsessed with. And the other has never even seen. I'm Eric Johnson. And I'm Emily Jones. If this is your first time listening, you can find more Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob at gvnpodcast.com. And you can also find all of our past episodes on iTunes and Google Play Music. Today, we're watching Man on the Moon, a 1999 movie directed by Milos Forman and starring Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman. In case you don't know who Andy Kaufman is, and I, okay, this is not actually accurate. I have heard of Andy Kaufman. Uh, Eric has written, I don't know who Andy Kaufman is. I don't I know his. I thought you didn't. I don't, well, I don't know his work super well, but like, I. I have heard of him. (laughs) Anyway, uh, he was a comedian and performance artist in the 70s and 80s, best known for playing Latka Gravas on Taxi and for several notorious talk show appearances. He's also the subject of an R.E.M. song, which is where this movie gets its title. I do know that song. Also, I've totally heard of this movie. I thought I had no idea what this movie was. I didn't realize it starred Jim Carrey. I remember Jim Carrey being in a movie called Man on the Moon. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah. I didn't. Did never saw it and don't know anything about it other than okay. what I just said. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I guess I had the mistaken impression that you had no idea who Andy Kaufman was. No, I mean, like and... I said, I'm not like I'm not familiar with Andy Kaufman's work, but like I I have heard of him. <laughs> okay, uh, well, well, this movie will very deeply acquaint you with his entire life. Uh, this this is this is a uh, pretty pretty crazy movie. Um, <laughs> So, uh, in order to watch it, for uh, everyone who uh, should watch it at home so that they don't get spoiled in the discussion. And also um, me, so that I can watch it. Yes, also you. I mean, <laughs> I was getting there. Um, there's a couple ways to, to watch this. Uh, if you are a total cheapskate, you can watch it for free on Crackle, which is a Sony video uh, platform that has ads. But personally, I have found Crackle to be super annoying because they just insert the ads, like, randomly in the video. Like, not at, like, TV-appropriate, like, scene breaks. They'll, That's you'll be annoying. Watching a scene. Yeah, so I, I think Actually, that is totally... Actually, the PBS... The PBS uh viewing streaming app does that too it's really irritating i I know exactly i've tried to watch stuff there and it's so frustrating so i would recommend if you're willing to shell out a couple dollars i would recommend that you rent this on itunes or amazon you can do that for three dollars there or you can also buy it uh, on itunes amazon or voodoo for ten dollars um i think it's a wonderful movie we will see what emily thinks after the break (laughs) but however you do it uh, go watch this movie because we are going to spoil everything about it Mr. Trouble never hangs around when he hears this mighty sound. Here I come to save the day. That means that Mighty Mouse is on the way. Yes, sir, when there is a wrong to right, Mighty Mouse will join the fight. On the sea or on the land, he gets the situation well in hand. And we're back. We just watched Man on the Moon. Uh, And before we get to my thoughts on the movie, Eric, why do you like it so much? 
Uh, Jim Carrey. I mean, this is like the performance of a lifetime. I mean, he's been in several good movies, also several awful ones, but several good movies. And I like him in a lot of things. The Truman Show, uh, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. I think he he's a widely underrated actor for, for a lot of movies. But this is like the, for me, the defining Jim Carrey role. He clearly... Um, he, he you know, was widely reported as, as a big fan of Andy Kaufman going mm-hmm. into this movie. He uh, auditioned with the bongos that you see him play in this movie. He had <laughs> bought those after Kaufman's death because uh, he was such a big fan. And so then he, like, auditioned with those bongos. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, it's really, I think, rewarding to see an actor who so badly wants to, you know, live up to his comedy hero and, and gets to be that gets to be that guy really gets to embody um that their their idol in that way in such a such a deep way and um yeah i think he does an amazing job of it it's just something that um it i don't know i just i i i always love just watching his performance because he's clearly so into it he uh as they say in the rem song he's clearly so locked into the punch uh so (laughs) yeah i mean this that was actually that was like my second note was like this is perhaps the least Jim Carrey I've ever seen Jim Carrey, which is a good thing. Um, well, I mean, there, there were moments, there were moments where he like kind of slipped into himself a little bit or, and maybe not, but just where his, you know, rendition of Andy Kaufman started to look a lot like Jim Carrey. And it was like, ah, Oh, Oh, you're doing, you're doing that weird thing. You're making that weird Jim Carrey face. Stop it, buddy. Just stop it. Um, but for the most part, he was, yeah, I agree. It was, he was very, um, very good at, at, again, not being himself and being what I suppose must be something like Andy Kaufman, um, which mm-hmm. is a good thing. Cause I find Jim Carrey, the, the only Jim Carrey movies I like are the ones where he's like the furthest from his shtick. Like, mm-hmm. so Truman Show and Eternal Sunshine are probably about it. Like, I kind of hate him in a lot of things. (laughs) Because, like, when he's just doing, like, his own comedy shtick, I just, like, kind of want to shake him, grab him by the shoulders and be like, (laughs) shut the fuck up. Like, you need to stop now. Um, So, yeah. But, I mean, I don't have the original to compare it to um, at all. So, I don't really know. Uh, Which Well, that's something that I kind of I, I wanted to see your reaction this is very intentional on my part knowing that you have not seen the originals i'm i'm dying to know kind of what you thought of of man on the moon so i have no idea what to make of man on the moon which i guess seems like it's maybe a fairly uh in kind of a meta way that seems appropriate for an, a biopic of Andy Kaufman, I guess, <laughs> to come yep. away from it not knowing <laughs> what to make of it yeah um but i also kind of have felt like I, I I felt I spent a lot of it kind of going like um I suppose I suppose if I was into Andy Kaufman I'd I might like this or I suppose I might get what was going on if I knew what the fuck was going on or you know what I mean I like I I feel like not being really familiar at all with like any of his work um like or having ever seen Taxi or anything I was just kind of like I don't what. <laughs> and I mean like some of I, you know I found some of his acts funnier than some of the others and like whatever but it was just kind of like I, I, I don't know yeah. I think it's tough to go into a biopic not really knowing the person because you're just kind of like what am I watching and why am I here kind of I guess I don't know and I think for Man on the Moon I think it's one of the few biopics where that is actually the better way to approach the movie I, I think that um, as, as you not, point, alluded not to not knowing the, anything about him yeah, I, th- I find I th- that I think, really hard to believe. 
Well, no, I, I, I think no. I think you could definitely get more out of the movie if you already know the bits and know like what what they're what they're recreating. Um, but I think that um, for Andy Kaufman specifically, I, th- I think it's really uh, it's it's funny. It's part of the joke in in a way, or it's 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 interesting to to I, I enjoy recommending this movie to people who don't you know aren't Andy Kaufman fans. I think I think this um, really did not make me want to like go watch Andy Kaufman or like learn more really about yeah I'm really like I don't know what the fuck I just watched like I don't <laughs> I yeah I don't really I don't know it didn't I I don't know it didn't really do much for me like I, I and some of it is just kind of like I don't know it felt like a lot of like um it it felt like a lot of strung together incidents and I was like who I I like I wasn't necessarily, I mean, I'm not going to say, okay, I don't want to say that I wasn't following, like, who the supporting characters were, um, because I was. I mean, I got it. I understood, mm-hmm. like, who Paul Giamatti seemed to be in relation to, to um, Andy Kaufman, but I was all, it was also, like, very weird to me, like, like, the way he was introduced, and then suddenly he's there, and he's just around all the time, and, like, oh, here he is. He's just, like, right-hand man, writer dude, and I'm just like, oh, I, what? I don't know anything <laughs> about this guy. I don't know how they met. I don't know where he came from. Like, I don't know what any... Not that I didn't understand what was happening. Like I said, I was following it, but it was just kind of like, I don't know, not a narrative movie that like explained who people were and and gave me any like interest in them, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I feel like when I saw this movie, I had a passing awareness of Andy Kaufman was, and I feel like I got a lot out of more out of it than it sounds like you did with a similar amount of, of awareness of him. I'm trying to remember kind of, I think I was in college when I saw this, and I kind of had seen maybe one YouTube video with Andy Kaufman in it. Um, yeah, and I don't like. I don't really know how to. Um, I don't know how to like articulate this as like an actual like comment on the movie. Except I just. I don't know. I never felt per- like connected to anyone in the movie. I was just kind of like. I, I. It was just very odd to me. Like I didn't. I didn't. I guess I didn't get it. Like I don't know. Uh. Sorry, I this isn't this isn't like a particularly I know, I, this it, isn't like a particularly I, helpful comment to have like like yeah, that, that can really like foster a, discussion. I just I don't yeah. know. I don't I, I don't know. <laughs> I did think it was I did find it interesting how many people were in the movie playing themselves. Like yeah. like the entire cast of Taxi except for Danny DeVito who was playing someone else was right. pretty much just the the cast of Taxi, right? Like Yeah. <laughs> and the the pro wrestler also was playing himself. Jerry Lawler. Like, yeah, like that so I mean that was that was like interesting to me that like they had that many people they just got that many people to play themselves, which is not usually what happens. Yeah. When you do like a a showbiz biopic, I mean usually Yeah, well, they yeah, get the they get people the... to to play the characters with with very uh we'll say mixed success. <laughs> David Letterman was not especially uh, convincing in his recreation of himself as in the Jerry Lawler yeah. scene. What um, I mean, I, what I mean by mixed success was, um, was like, uh, usually they get actors to play the various, like very well-known yeah, other yeah. actors and celebrities and stuff. And it's kind of like, uh, like, uh, like <laughs> Kate Blanchett. And I mean, I know one cannot, malign Kate Blanchett because she's <laughs> a goddess but I, like okay her Catherine Hepburn in the aviator was like <laughs> it's been a while since I've seen that it movie. was just, it was like it was it was pretty 
pretty bad. Well, not bad, <laughs> just like like a little too like a, it was like a cartoon. It was like when Warner Brothers yeah. has like celebrities show up on in Warner Brothers in like Looney Tunes cartoons. You know what I mean? Okay. It was like <laughs> it was it was very odd, and it was like mm, you know better to capture the essence of someone than like. Anyway, so I, yeah. I just, as compared to that, it was interesting to see all those people just play themselves. It was kind of... Yeah, uh, a little bit surreal in that yeah. way, I guess. Um, yeah, and also, I mean, a couple of the random folks who show up in this movie, like Pat Oswalt shows up in that one scene where Andy Kaufman like is working in the As like basically just diner. an extra, yeah. Yeah, well, I think it's back when before he really yeah, had a, a successful career. Yeah. Hey, hey, excuse me, are you Andy Kaufman? I get that all the time. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. It was just like the, the meat of this of this movie. I I guess um, I don't know. I, I guess I kind of liked the the series of incidents as as you were saying earlier. I mean, I, I kind of liked the the fact that we're tracking this career. We're we're seeing the, this career unfold and seeing people react to it over time. I mean, I feel like that is the story. I I feel like that that, that is the story is. Is is seeing this guy rise in prominence and then also like get popular and then intentionally make himself unpopular because that's funny to him. I guess um, part of it is that I didn't, I don't know, I didn't really feel like the movie actually tracked that very well. Like when he got the call that Taxi had been canceled, I was yeah. like, "Wait, fuck! He's been on Taxi this whole time." <laughs> like, I mean, I knew that he didn't leave the show. Um, I knew he didn't leave the show before it ended. Like I knew he was on the whole thing mostly because when I saw all of those people, I was like, wait a second, weren't they in taxi? And like went and looked and saw that he's listed in 100% of the episodes, just like all the other actors, like as I was yeah. watching it on IMDb. So like I knew he didn't leave. I knew in my brain that he didn't leave the show early or anything, but like right. when he got the call that it was canceled, I was like, I had totally forgotten that that had happened and like that he was even still on the show because like yeah, they had that quick montage of scenes from Taxi early in the movie just to kind of like yeah. show you what the show was like if you've never seen it, I guess. Or party time for Latka? Not until you take off those overalls. This is a good party. Listen to me. Listen to me. There's a drug in those cookies. <gasps> No. 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 Yeah, and then and then like he did a stand-up thing where the audience just wanted to hear the character from Taxi and then he staged the whole big craziness with the the lounge singer getting fired on Taxi off of Taxi. And then we never saw the show again. And it's like, I know that the lounge singer isn't him. I mean, I know it's him, but I know it's also like not him. Like right. as far as the show is concerned. Right. But also like we never went back to the, to taxi again. Yeah. And, and like, so it, it was like, I don't know. You would have had to like know and be like consciously aware of the fact that he was also still on the show that whole time. Cause then they got into professional wrestling and I was confused about Courtney Love showing up. And yeah, cause I mean, he was doing all this, like, this is kind of like the whole comedian's life where he was just going off and doing these ridiculous like things simultaneously. So I guess it was kind of like just implicit that. Yeah. Well, again, and that's the thing on, is it's like, I, I know that like intellectually, but I feel like you have to know that. And I don't know. That's that's one of those. That's that's the part of it that didn't. I guess that didn't a hundred percent connect for me. Like I didn't feel like I was fully tracking his career because I didn't really. It's like the various like scenes of him performing his live shows. Like 
didn't really change. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it wasn't. Well, okay. Here, here's here, let me. I mean, they did change, but like, I don't know. It never. It it, it it didn't have the narrative that you just described. I mean, it did, but kind of right, not. Right. So, so, so here, here's what here's what I'll suggest is that. Sorry. The movie is not about his career. But it's not a documentary. It no, but it's, it's not a documentary about like here's everything he did and when he did it and the order he did it in. It's 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 a it's about him as a performer and his interaction with the audience and and then on a meta level the movie also functions as a way of you know bringing you the audience watching the audiences you know into into the whole thing and kind of questioning what's real at any time i am andy and i would like to thank you for coming to my movie i wish it was better you know but it is so stupid it's terrible I, I do not even like it. All of the most important things in my life are, are, are changed around and mixed up for um, uh, dramatic purposes. I, I feel like that's really the that's the movie right there like the, like if it had just been like you know oh Andy shows up for work you know every day throughout the season a taxi and it was about like it was like a you know, a, a drama about him working with the people on taxi i feel like that would be a completely different and less interesting movie you know I, it would well do- i guess i guess okay by focus i i i've i've sort of i've sort of missed my point by by focusing on like the fact that i lost track of the fact that he was on taxi like that's just kind of like an example that i'm using as a way of illustrating like i what you said before about like about it, it the movie like following kind of following his career and his relationship with the audience like I, I guess I I don't know I guess I didn't get that like the the narrative that you just that you described a while ago of like of like you know he like becomes famous and then intentionally you know pisses people off again I mean I got that he was intentionally pissing people off and like I got that he was more famous but I don't know it never it, it never like I didn't feel those those changes. I don't know how to explain this. I didn't like feel those those changes in his relationship to the audience in the way that it seems like you do. Like I I, I didn't it never it never really felt that different. I mean, the audiences got a little bigger, got bigger and bigger and bigger, I guess. But it it was still very much like some of the people, like a handful of people were like into his weird kind of surreal absurdist shtick yeah. and and a lot of the people weren't and they laughed along for a while and then they weren't like that never that never felt felt any different from when it first started out you know what i mean i i i, I don't know i didn't i don't know how yeah. to explain this well, I, I, <laughs> think, I don't I guess have like a concrete like... criticism i just like i feel like we watch two different movies <laughs> like i don't know well i mean I, I i think it's just like what's implicit versus explicit in the movie like taxi you're supposed to just assume that there's like when they say there's 40 million people watching i guess you're supposed to just like infer like that's very different from a a you know the improvisation in new york you know like this is this is the big time and he hates it he he hates you know doing that and and playing this this you know immigrant character who with with a silly accent just for the for the millions of people he'd rather play you know the room where where, we're just the handful of people who who stay to you know uh you're the end of the great gatsby or whatever yeah, to the end of the Great Gatsby. Or I mean, well, that was more punishment for you know <laughs> people who who wanted the the, the easy laugh. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think of like 
what to ask about since we clearly did not see eye to eye in this movie at all. I know. Um, and I'm sorry. I know I'm being like really difficult and obstructionist. Like, I, I just, I don't know. Like, I, not like, I, like, I don't know. Most of, most of my like thoughts that I wrote down in, in my notes are kind of like confused and, and I think, okay, I, I should probably, I should probably also mention that yesterday and this is, and I don't want to equate these things except that there is a clear parallel uh-huh. somewhat um just yesterday i was reading this article by this guy who was um i guess instrumental in in making tucker max famous yeah. and contra- specifically controversial and famous by way of being controversial i read the circle too it's a great yeah article. it's a great it's it's a really interesting article about about you know media coverage and covering the spectacle and covering the controversy because basically this guy engendering controversy specifically right. creating controversy where there was none and and in order to get a bigger audience for someone um so he this guy first did this with tucker max and then he wrote a book which he claims is like a cautionary tale although apparently a lot of people take th- about how he did it and apparently a lot of people take this book as like an instruction manual which like i'm not really i'm not sure i understand how you could write that book without it becoming an instruction manual this guy's yeah. maybe just really idealistic despite having gotten successful in a very cynical way um but anyway and and so he was talking about how how various pot stirrers now are using you know this same playbook of like using using intentionally creating controversy from next to nothing for right. the express purpose of like um of getting fame getting, getting, getting yeah getting yeah. more attention and like getting getting people pissed off right. and so that's i mean obviously he was doing it for like performance and comedy and not for these kind of like not for like these bigger cultural ideas that that people are using this playbook for now, but having just read that article less than 24 hours ago, like I also had a really hard time seeing any of that intentional, like anger stoking thing in any kind of remotely positive light. Like I was just kind of like, fuck, I feel like I'm watching that nasty article that I just read play out on screen and I know it's happening for comedy, but I'm also just like, yeah, if I had been in the audience, like I, I probably would have been one of those like angry, pissed off feminists about his like jokes about about like women belong in the kitchen and whatever. Because like I I don't know I'm one of those people that like I I try not to be a feminist killjoy all the time, but also like when you're not when there when there's nothing to actually mark your satire as satire, I I'm one of those people who kind of fails to see how it's funny. Like I don't. I don't see how go make a sandwich day jokes are funny, and I don't see how. No, but that, the thing is that that's not funny. It's, I, it's but it, it's, I don't know. Endearing I, okay. at all, remotely something I want to watch. <laughs> then, if funny isn't the thing, I don't know. Oh, so, so I mean, like, I, first off, I would highly recommend this. I think it was in the Observer, this article you're referring to, is talking yeah. about Tucker Max and the guy who made it popular. Great article, and. It's unfortunate that, yeah, that is top of mind. I was actually thinking about a similar thing, too, uh, around this. Um, So, okay, so in the case of that article, if I remember correctly, we're talking about political, basically generating controversy for political ends, basically making someone, you know, into a political, quote-unquote, like, hero of a certain cause by, by riling up their opponents, by basically creating an enemy i guess for for, right. for for them to to capitalize on so it's like the idea of like oh well you know the, the they don't want you to hear this message so so therefore you got to come out and support it and so they right it, it and create, more people it, end up more people end up hearing the message because the controversy amplifies it right so on the one hand you know the, i guess the 
if the intention here were to were to unify like people if if any if if the idea here was like he was trying to unify people against women then that 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 would be one thing but he it's a pro wrestling thing it's basically about creating a villain that gives people solidarity with each other against an obviously like wrong and stupid and incorrect villain like like this is like the, this is like a classic thing in pro wrestling the heel wrestler uh, where it's it's someone who you know is just like you know transparently villainous so that everyone has a common like enemy to root against and so it's unfortunate that this that this article came out so recently because i feel like it it invites conflation of two things that are that are so completely different in in the sort of unity that they 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 try to create and because like it's it's about it's about directing the it's about directing that anger at one person, not about directing it at a group of people. If that if that makes sense, I, I feel I does, feel like that's that, an incredibly important distinction. It, no, that that does make sense, and that is an incredibly important distinction. And as I said when I like first started making the comparison, like I'm I'm not trying to say that like that exact thing that that promoter for Tucker Max dude did is exactly what Andy Kaufman is doing here, but or Jim Carrey as Andy Kaufman, but right. it is a thing he did. Yeah. Um but. Again, it's it's mostly it's mostly just like an unfortunate an unfortunate timing <laughs> um of of my reading that article and and seeing this movie and like having a hard time putting that out of my head and like again, I know he's not doing it for some kind of some kind of nefarious purpose. Like I know it's like just entertainment, but like it's also not something I find entertaining. Like I, I like it's not I don't know. I I don't I have a hard time finding what's entertaining in that, even though uh, like, you know, uh, putting aside any kind of like, any kind of like actual political motive or like, or like greater or worse goal besides just like entertainment or whatever it is he's trying to do. Like, again, I just, I am not, I don't know. I'm not entertained, I guess is what I'm saying. I just, and so I I don't, I I have a really hard time seeing the appeal. And like, then I've kind of really have to have a really hard time, finding him a sympathetic character in the movie because like I don't know he's just walking around being an asshole and I don't I don't see why I care or root for him because he's just being an asshole like and and I and I hate to be the asshole kind of the, take the asshole response to that but I feel like that's part of the point I mean like because like okay here, here okay, here's here's the thing I uh that also I thought makes about it so like it's not okay for me to like uh, like I don't know I feel like that invalidates my response to this movie I'm like I, I'm like I didn't I don't know. I didn't enjoy no, it. I didn't not enjoy watching him and I can't, I have a hard time rooting for him because I don't find him entertaining. And you're like, well, that's the point. No, no, no. I'm, I'm saying that you don't like the, his act, his, his, his jokes or his, his style of humor, but you do empathize with the audience members who are booing and who are yelling and who are walking out and who are doing those things. So I, I don't know. I, I feel like that, means the movie worked on some level to get you engaged with this person to make you feel like someone who was in the audience for this person when they when they were around like i don't feel like you have to enjoy i don't feel like you have to agree with or enjoy their style of humor their sense of humor to for it still to be an effective retelling of who andy kaufman was but he's the hero of the movie right yeah, but I mean, but like, I I feel like it's no different than than if you if if you have a protagonist in a movie like we've talked about in the past about like I don't know 
romantic comedies or wherever where one of the characters is incredibly unlikable to some people. Like I feel I feel like it's no different than that. It doesn't make the it doesn't make the arc of that person different necessarily. Like it doesn't it doesn't make it an unsuccessful story. It just means that you don't like the particular person. Like I don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know. I just like I don't know if I don't if I'm not liking anything about like what I'm seeing this person do like like I don't know I have a hard again I have a hard time like I have a hard time caring about any of the events that are happening on stage or in his personal life you know and it's like when this this is I uh I don't even want to say this but like so like when he told his like close circle of friends Mm -hmm. that he had cancer which again I had I had like I had been looking a variety of things up during the course of this like oh is that really the cast of taxi so like I was aware that he had died of lung cancer. So, like, I was yeah. 98% sure going into that scene that, like, he was telling the truth. Uh, I have cancer. Forget it. Forget it. That, that, is, that is in terrible taste. <laughs> I don't want anything to do with this. Nothing. No, 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 no. That's good. Yeah, we can make that play. <laughs> Okay, and we'll just, we'll really, we'll just drag it out. But, like, when that scene happened and, like, everyone's initial reaction was not believing him, I was like, oh, okay, is this, has this whole movie been just, like, building toward this, uh, this, like, boy who cried wolf thing about no one believing that he actually has cancer? Um, Which, to some degree, I feel like it kind of was, but, like, I have had kind of a hard time, like, feeling sympathizing with his, like, struggle to get people to believe that he actually had cancer, because I was like... I, I don't know. I this they're all having a pretty reasonable reaction based yeah. on their. Experience. I think their re- reaction was a hundred percent reasonable. Like, I I I feel like you you see you see that as as a problem, and I see that as the correct response to someone who's who's who you know their their whole like life and persona is based around deception. I mean, I feel like that's like the the story functioning as it's a feature, not a bug. <laughs> I guess, well, I guess, I guess what I, maybe what I'm struggling with is like, I just don't, I don't know. I'm not sure I've ever watched a biopic where like the, the hero of the biopic is like not the hero of any story. Like, I mean, most biopics like, you know, show you like the dark side of the person and they like, show you their demons or whatever. Like, okay. And Ray, he's like really shitty to every woman he ever encounters, Yeah, you know, and he's an addict and all of this kind of stuff. But like I, they're, they also show you redeeming qualities in there to where like, at least you, you know, you come away with an appreciation of him as like a complicated character, but like also still or a complicated person, but also still like a, you know, really talented singer or whatever. And I don't know. This di- this didn't feel as much like like this is this is like a complicated person who has like demons and positive things too. It was just kind of like I don't know what I'm watching, but yeah. Again, it, I, he doesn't feel like a sympathetic character almost ever. I and, and I that, that's the thing. So I mean, like I, I feel like with this movie, something that this movie made me reflect on when I the first time I saw it, or the second time I saw it, was what I expect out of my relationship with like celebrities or entertainers or comedians or things like that it's kind of like i have totally been the person in the audience the equivalent of the person saying do do laka do 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 the forward man voice you know where where i just want the dancing monkey to to come out and just do what i'm expecting 
And so that's what I'm saying at with my kind of assholey response earlier. To ridiculously like, quote the bare naked ladies at this moment. Um, <laughs> every time I try to do something new, all they want is 1973. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> like, you know, I that, that's what I, that's what I was kind of driving at with with my assholey response of like that's the point earlier is that I feel like more than sympathizing with Andy, you're just supposed to be empathizing with the audience of the the show that never ends of just the constant the deception upon deception i feel like the movie is intentionally being obtuse in a way with his life where it's just it's it's performance layered on performance layered on performance and i actually don't like most biopics because they do with the whole thing it's like well he's bad but here's all the good things yeah about they him. lionize we're, we're, someone even when they're terrible they, they lionize someone while covering it up with like well we did say bad stuff about him so therefore it's okay that we lionized him in the end which is like the steve jobs movie that aaron sorkin did i was like really i like, haven't seen either of the steve jobs movies oh yeah no i have i don't even talk about ashton kutcher i haven't seen that one <laughs> uh no the, the, the aaron sorkin one was like I couldn't believe Aaron Sorkin wrote it. Like, without, without, I mean, if you're going to see it, that's your funeral. But, like, uh, but, like, the end, the end of it is just, like, the most amazingly, like, stupid lionization of someone the entire rest of the movie has spent trashing. And I'm just like, no, lock in the punch, commit to whether or not you, (laughs) you know, like, like, literally 99% of that movie is, like, how, how awful Steve Jobs is in the last few, last scene or two. It's like, no, he's actually all right. And, I, I like, like the fact that this movie that this movie commits to a certain angle on his life. It's not an all-encompassing telling of the story. It's not a lionization of his character. It's just this is who he was, like him or not. And I, I feel like I don't feel like you need to. I totally get what where you're coming from. The fact that you weren't able to get into the story because of that initial roadblock. But I feel like the story works whether or not. I feel like the story is successful on its own merits, just because it's it's just playing by its own like you know bizarre rules. Like <laughs> we're back in the no no. I'm appreciating this, and I'm about to knock down some of what I've said before, but also like that we're back in the same. Yeah, the I same know. I'm, I'm like, I mean, I feel like I feel like Danny DeVito shouting like. So so, what do you have here? A big elaborate joke that's only funny to two people in the universe: you and you. Yeah, sure, George. Yeah, and we happen to think that it's hilarious. What's the point? What is the point? It's fun, George. A couple of things. My thoughts are scattered, but I was going to say, as I was finishing up talking about how unsympathetic I found him, I then immediately have have Roxanne Gay popping up in the back of my head, talking about uh, about the quote-unquote unlikable female heroine in literature, Okay. And how how it's like not okay for a female character to be unlikable, which is bullshit. Because like, what what is likable? Likable is all of these. It's it's a whole essay from Bad Feminist. It's really difficult okay. to to quote it. But um, but I don't know. Yeah, I've the, never well, read the this, basic so. <laughs> the, the the basic idea is that like female characters get accused of being unlikable a ton, and like yeah. that's considered like that's considered like you know the ultimate like that that's that's a deal breaker for for like a female lead in a book or a movie is like she's unlikable therefore mm, 
Like, I don't right. want to be best friends with this person, so why would I read a book about her? Whereas men have more permission to act out right. and, to, uh, and to be obnoxious and to An unlikable like ca- male character is an antihero or Got is, it. you know, is complicated or is just unlikable and that's something about them. Or You know what I mean? Um, yeah. So, so I realize as I'm saying it that I'm employing a double standard because, like, if I, if I had some movie that I really liked with, like, a really, like complex pretty unsympathetic female character as the lead and you were sitting there telling me that you didn't find her sympathetic I would be like you are so fucking sexist so I realize I'm employing a double standard right now also the thing that you just said about the Steve Jobs movie and appreciating the way that this movie commits made me think of this essay that you have to read have you ever watched Sex in the City no okay I'm maybe gonna make you watch Sex in the City for this podcast okay. um but there's this fabulous essay, which you could really only read after having watched it, some of it at least. But it's, yeah. it's an Emily Nussbaum essay from The New Yorker from several years ago where she talks about sex in the city and how how like unfairly maligned it is. How it's like you have to apo- – it's like par for the course. You have to apologize for liking sex in the city. Like you have to say right. like, oh, like mm, I was watching sex in the city. Hee, hee, hee. Don't tell on me. Like I swear <laughs> I'm still a real person with a brain. Um, but she because was, the characters are have a st- have a perception as being somehow the whole unlikable. show has a perception. No, not not the unlikable thing. The opposite of that. The whole show has a perception of being like bullshit fluff that like you're not okay. like like a you know smart forward thinking feminist woman is not supposed to be like oh I love Sex in the City like it's no like it's it's you know bullshit it's, except it, it's it, not it's too trashy yeah so uh, so Emily Nussbaum's point is actually that until the very end of the last season forget the movies the movies are horrifying nonsense <laughs> but and that only continued this trend but until the very end of the last season the show was actually it her argument is that Carrie Bradshaw was actually the first real like female anti-hero that we got okay. on TV like showed up right around the same time as Tony Soprano and she really is she's actually incredibly unlikable she keeps Hmm. going back to like falling back in these same patterns over and over again she smokes she drinks too much she you know has all these self-destructive patterns and all of these women have a variety of things that are like you know kind of unlikable and not good about them but especially Carrie um and, you know, and she does kind of she keeps getting burned and her relationships keep failing. She's with this great guy, but then she cheats on him to, you know, because she has this like weird thing where she's like super wrapped up in this guy who's actually terrible for her. <laughs> um, but she keeps going back to him over and over and over again and all of this kind of stuff. And I know enough about Sex and City to ask, is this uh, Big? Is that, is yes, that his name, Mr. Big? Big is the okay. one who's really terrible for her. OK. Yeah. She, she And she cheats on uh, the guy from My Big Fat Greek Wedding. Uh, I don't know. I haven't seen that movie. Oh, so. okay. Anyway, um, <laughs> I anyway, uh, all of but all of which is to say, the show is actually pretty good at committing to its characters' unlikability and its characters' flaws and like yeah, the realistic like way that so, a relationship between two people who shouldn't be together plays out until the very end, like the last couple episodes. All of a sudden, it it creates this ridiculous scenario that turns Chris Noth's character, Mr. Big, gives him the opportunity to behave like a knight in shining armor and turn out to be this perfect romantic hero. And Carrie uh. ends up with him, like, in the moonlight, in a gorgeous dress, in Paris. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and like, they live happily ever after. And there are some problems in the movies, but they continue to live happily ever after. And it's just like, <laughs> and yeah, the whole point of this whole essay that I've just completely summarized for you is essentially <laughs> that the show totally undermines its whole unlikable thing by doing that. And it's actually much worse and frustrating for it. So, yeah. 
I see your point is all that I'm saying. <laughs> that was a way too long-winded way of, of explaining Sex and the City and also saying, like, I see your point. That I still, like, I don't know. I didn't really enjoy this movie, but I do see your point about it. <laughs> I, I, you know, we've been saying for, for, for five for four and a half seasons here that we argue about stuff like in the intro to this show i feel like this is like the the most argumenty argument we've had on the on, we on this argued show. a great deal about the big lebowski oh that's true i was that's an true. asshole about the big lebowski too <laughs> <laughs> also and you then, didn't uh, like train spotting yeah yeah that was uh, i i saw the, tra- the trailer for the for the the sequel the other day and i was like oh i'm glad i get that now because that trailer would have been incomprehensible <laughs> garbage if i hadn't seen the first movie that's accurate that's an accurate assessment <laughs> um Anyway, um, I don't really have too much else in my notes other than the really fact care. that uh, I, I do. I I know you. I I hear you. I hear you didn't like his act. I think you should check out. I sh- you should check out some of the videos. There's a lot of videos on YouTube yeah. of the the actual guy doing his act because this movie. Uh, like I said, when I saw this, I hadn't seen very much of like the actual guy. I had just seen like one one or two YouTube videos. And uh, now, it's in the years since, now that I've seen more, um, and this is what I was getting at when I was talking about how much I love Jim Carrey's performance. I mean, this movie really, you know, if you have seen the original stuff, does an awesome job of recreating the, the feeling of the the SNL sketch, which I had seen, or the, uh, the I, I don't know, some, the, the David Letterman interview is, like, you know, mostly recreated perfectly. Mm-hmm. Like, the, 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 there's a lot of just really cool, like, oh, that's neat recreation moments, you Well, know? I will say, like, I mean, I did enjoy the, the brief bit of his act on SNL that we saw. So, like, I yeah. might I might go watch some of the SNL stuff, because, like, that that was funny to me. So, like, yeah. maybe. And the, and I the, also, uh, can I just, actually, like, point out again that it's super weird that Courtney Love is in this movie? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what that's about, but it's bizarre well also apparently i was looking this up apparently uh lynn was not as significant to andy's life as she's made out to be in this movie um the real life lynn along with bob zamuda have kind of like you know spent a, a past couple decades kind of you know right writing the the dead man's coattails in a way um so they, they wrote a they wrote a book a couple years ago where it's like he faked his death and then it'll be revealed very soon and it's just like okay you know uh, <laughs> yeah yeah that's weird. um so, which is unfortunate, kind of separate from the movie, but just kind of an unfortunate real life, you know, greedy people. Um, people do do that. Yeah, Courtney, Courtney Love didn't, I mean, she, she no, was No, Courtney there. Love has never ridden anyone's coattails. <laughs> of course not, no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> it was weird, I, I, I will say it was also weird seeing her looking like... Normal? Yeah, like young and <laughs> healthy and a normal weight. Yep, yeah. yeah. Anyway, on that fun note... Uh, on that note, yeah, I'll, uh, so, I don't know, maybe I'll put in the blog post some, I'll maybe embed a couple of videos that, of the original, um, incidents, like, the, the original, the original Friday's incident, where, where he, uh, he staged the whole, oh, yeah. you know. I looked that up afterward, and, like, all of that was, like, at, like, Norm Macdonald, obviously it wasn't Norm Macdonald, but, like, Norm Macdonald walking off set and stuff, like, all happened. It was Norm Macdonald playing, originally it was Michael Richards, was the right. actual guy. yes, yes, yes. My, pre, pre-Seinfeld Michael Richards, who, who, uh, who, who walked off set, and, uh, he was in on the joke, as were the other people at the table, but like like half the people on set weren't in on it and it was just yeah. it, it's 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 crazy um yeah which well and i'm glad I, I am glad to know the actors were in on it because i was like on the one hand i was seeing like that that was the other thing i was like okay like yeah i see how this is funny but i also know that like that like if you were the if you were one of the other actors in that scenario like that would be really awful so it's good that they were right. in on it 
yeah, no, that they, they they looped in just the just the the right number of people, you right. know, same way that that Danny DeVito's character gives in that room. It's like, okay. do not write this down, okay? Tony Clifton is Andy Kaufman, and Andy Kaufman is Tony Clifton. They'll deny it up and down, but believe me. It's true. And quick side note, I've been watching a lot of It's Always Sunny recently, so it's really weird to see, uh, to hear Danny DeVito's voice coming out of anyone other than Frank Reynolds. So I'm that way, I'm that way with Danny DeVito and Sid Hutchins from LA Confidential, just because I've seen LA Confidential so many times. (laughs) Yeah. I, I might watch LA Confidential after this. Like I watch it. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I, I've only seen that movie once. I need to rewatch it at some point. Yeah. That's a good movie. You've only seen that once. I know. I know. I'm weird. Meanwhile, I've seen this one three times. That movie is so good. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Uh, well that's, I think we've run out of things to say and or argue about, uh, for this one. So Emily, what are we going to be talking about, uh, next week? Yeah. So I, um, I had a different thought coming into this, but uh, I'm changing it because I don't even know if this is on the list. So you, we might have to stop and re-record this if you have, okay. in fact, already seen this. But it's aggressively relevant. Okay. Um, uh, Velvet Goldmine? I have not seen that. All right. It's it's odd. Uh, but okay. it's... <laughs> is this going to be like revenge? Is this going to be you making me no, watch no, something no, that I'm not, not going to... It's not revenge. You'll see... <laughs> You'll see pretty quickly why it's extremely relevant. To this okay. Movie. <laughs> Apprehensively, um, okay, I'm in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we'll be watching that next time. All right. Uh, until then, where else can we find you on the internet? I am on Twitter at EJ Reports, mostly retweeting pictures of penguins at the moment. So. That sounds. I should do that. I think. I think my my use of Twitter would be a lot healthier if I was just retweeting pictures. of You penguins. know what? The Georgia Aquarium just they tweet so many adorable animal things like they tweeted a whole video of aquarium animals playing with like falcons gear right before the super bowl and it was great (laughs) and uh we're currently recording this a couple days before valentine's day and like they just posted the cutest picture of penguins like under a little thing that said love it was very adorable all right, let's wrap up this podcast. I gotta go check this out. Uh, you you can find me on Twitter also at hey hey esj tweeting about uh, less fun things than penguins. So really, just go follow Emily. You'll you'll be happier. Just just <laughs> follow her. This is Giant Geek versus Mega Noob. Thank you very much. This has been Giant Geek vs. Mega Noob. For more, visit GVNPodcast.com.